Hello, friends. Welcome back to Dreamer to Entrepreneur. Today, we have Tanya Alvarez on the show, and we are so excited for you to hear her journey and all of the wonderful motivational advice that she provides. Tanya was 25 when she started her very own New York ad agency and within one year turned that agency into a million-dollar business. Since then, she has founded, bootstrapped, sold, and invested in five companies. She has also traveled to over 42 countries, completed in the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathons, and even finished a half Ironman. And during our discussion, you will see how all of her adventures as a runner relates to her growing her multiple businesses. And so this is just a really, really interesting and motivational conversation. And I can't wait for you to hear Tanya's journey. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast, a show designed to motivate and inspire women to stop sitting on the sidelines of life and finally take action towards accomplishing their dreams. Join us, Brittany Hughes and Amanda Benedict, as we share business advice, as well as our own experiences of starting and building a successful business while also juggling mom life. You'll also hear from other amazing women who bring their own message and advice to the show through inspiring interviews. It's all collaboration over competition here. Get ready to dream big, take action, and always show kindness. Let's dive in. Tanya, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. We are so excited to have you on the show if you would go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about you and your awesome journey. I know Amanda and I are super yes. excited to hear about your journey and to where you are today. Yeah. So my journey started, my entrepreneur journey started at 25. And basically I started my business in New York City with no like rich uncle or family member. It was yes. just me. <laughs> and I was a little hesitant to start. And I, my mother gave me the best advice ever. She said, I was like, if I start my business and I fail, what am I going to do? She's like, you'll be exactly where you are now. And I was like, uh -huh. okay, that makes sense. And then I was like, well, what happens if nobody wants to hire me? And she's like, well, you wouldn't want to work for a company like that. And I was like, all right. So then I went for it. And it was an amazing journey. I grew that company the first year over 1 million traveled around over 43 countries when I was there doing that. And then also did the New York Boston Marathon and the half Ironman, all these things during this time. But the most important thing that I learned was to make sure that I had time and I prioritized and leveraged my network, really, really just zoned in on my time. And then since then, I've uh, started, this is my fifth company. I started Owners Up. And what I realized, it's exactly what I wish I had. So here I was, you know, dealing with so many challenges as a business owner. For example, one time in, in my first company, a company owed me $100,000. Uh. And it was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. So I asked my network of like non-entrepreneurs and they said, oh, you should sue because that's what you hear. Yeah. Actually, you shouldn't sue. But I, <laughs> I sued anyways. Oh, so much time, so much energy. Yeah. And wow. so there's certain things where it's like, even if you have a team of people, 
you still need others on there. Uh So here I was like training for this Boston marathon. I've been a collegiate athlete, a runner, you know, I know exactly what to do, but I still join a team. Uh What happens is like when you join a marathon, when you do a marathon or anything, you're super excited, right? You're like, yeah. And then the training happens and everything happens to the ups and downs. And you really need a coach to kind of like course correct. You see your blind spots and also mm-hmm. have other peers who can bounce off of ideas and kind of guide you to like, Hey, I did this. This will work. Or like, for example, when you start training a lot, all of a sudden you might have to like ask your friends or family, Hey, I'm doing this training. Can we move this time? This, and it's a funny conversation because you assume that everyone would be like, yeah. But then uh, all of a sudden, like you, you get that support and learn from others. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious, what was that first company that you started or like, what, what, what were you doing? It was a performance-based marketing agency. Okay. Very cool. So what were you doing before your first business? So you said you were in startups. So tell us a little bit about that and like, what made you decide okay, I want my own business. I don't want to work for anybody else. Yeah, so I went to Wellesley College, which is typical like investment bankers, doctors, Mm -hmm. consultants. And I got offers from the typical kind of like American Express and consulting firms, but I wanted to do something different. From the early age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I didn't have any like role models. My family family immigrated from Colombia here. Mm Mm-hmm. But I knew that I wanted to do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take on. I said no to all these things. And people are like, you're crazy. (laughs) Why would we do something like that? And I was like, I'm going to go to all these startups and learn everything I can. So I sign up as like marketing and sales. And then I would take on extra work and extra work just to learn everything. Because like, I think if you're going to get paid to learn, there's a best place to do it. Yeah. I remember even in like when I was in college, I started, I worked at the U.S. Olympic Committee and they had, it was such a hard process. I forgot what it was. I feel like it was like over a thousand people and they only select five. I was one of them, right? They had this admin work and I was like, this is BS. So you know what I did? I I took a bunch of, I don't drink this anymore, but I drink Red Bull and I stayed up and I put all these documents that they wanted this all this admin work. And then I was like, done for 48 hours. And, and then I said, they didn't know that. And I brought it back and I was like, I'm done. So what's next? And they're like, that was your whole project. And I was like, Oh, well, what do I, what else can I do? And then that's when I got to do the cool stuff. Wow. So highly recommend people to like, see, like get into that field, get it, get that experience mm-hmm. and then go what's next and kind of like prove yourself. Like you are eager to learn because people want to take on people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. And that's so smart to work with startups. I had a similar experience after college. I worked with, it was like a startup nonprofit, but I did a lot of like various things. Yeah. That's, it's, it's a very smart thing to do. So then I, I'm curious about like your businesses. So did you, you had that when, was it kind of a process of like you ended a business and then started another one or you had five going all at the same time? So what ended up happening is when I was, this might've been luck, being naive. I don't know. But looking back, I was like, oh, that was pretty smart, Tanya. Um, so I <laughs> to travel and I wanted to, and this is before like Instagram and being like 
cool, you know, to be yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you couldn't just Google all of this stuff. You could Google, but information wasn't there. And so I wanted to go to Peru and hike and there's no internet connection. I, I don't even know how the internet connection is now. And um, I'm sure it's good, but so I was like, all these places I wanted to go, these these developing countries, and I was like, oh no, how do I leave my team gone for two weeks? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, mm-hmm. That was the best gift ever because it forced me to be like, what can I do to, if there was any fires, how can my team handle it without me? So it forced me to create mm-hmm. systems. It forced me to create uh, everybody on my team to be leaders, be proactive. Uh-huh. And be confident. And I would always say that there's nothing you can't do. Like you can't mess up something that I can't clean up. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And giving them that courage to do that. So because of that, I was able to do that. I was yeah. able to like go take on these trips. And from there, I was able to start other businesses when I was doing that because um, my team was functioning without me. Uh-huh. So me... <laughs> Taking on these vacations helped them become, you know, managed and become leaders on their own. And so eventually I sold that company and um, I started others. And I was basically had a bunch of companies running at the same time. And then there was one where I went to the fundraising route. And this is kind of interesting because it was a product review site for mothers, but it takes it back to, in a sense, like, you know, as, as you guys know, when you're a mother, there's tons of products, but there's something that's like a filtering system in the sense of like, for me right now, I will pay a premium for something that's easy, compact, and like really good quality. Uh-huh. Some people might not, they might want to have like a, a cheaper one because they, they know in like two or three years is going to be useless. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. So this was the whole thing. But at this time I was not a mother and I was not married. Uh-huh. I was a CMO, so I was a partner of the company. And they're like, hey, Tanya, you got to step up as a CEO. I'm like, what? No, no, no. This is not what I signed up for. Then they're like, you got to raise money because you, you've you done this. Like, you know how to raise. I'm like, I've never done this. I've bootstrapped everything. But I was like, all right. I took it on. And then all of a sudden, when we had an investor who wanted to move forward, I really thought about this. And I know myself. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can just go on these vacations when I want to now. Mm-hmm. And... I'll be working. I know myself as a person who likes to prove like I can do this and I'll do it. And I was like, that might not allow me to have like the lifestyle I want Mm -hmm. stepped away. It was the hardest decision, but it was, it's amazing because I still live right now and we're all friends, but I still live to like, what is the life I want and letting go the ego, right? The ego was cool. Having this great company being everywhere, but would I be happy? I don't know. There, I didn't go that path. But I, what my right now is like one of the big things for me is being super present with my kids, but also making an impact. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that so, so much. Uh-huh. Like that la- those last few sentences is what we, and it's so like, I love talking to people like you because I feel like in this day, with social media, I think social media is a cause of it, but like people think they need to like go big or go home. Like I need to mm-hmm. accomplish all the things I need to make so much money mm-hmm. in order to be successful when really does that make you happy? Yeah. And so God, I think just that the fact that you declined that just speaks volumes of just like you as a person. I it's love a hard that. one. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that too. It's funny. I was talking about it 
with Zach last night, yesterday I saw this quote from Matthew McConaughey about, you know, money's a tool, not the goal. So like, it's a tool for you to get the life you want, but the goal shouldn't be money. It should be the life you want. So I think that's cool of you and brave of you to step away from, you know, this job that could have brought you a lot of money to, you know, because I think that's what we all want. We want, you know, happiness. We're all mothers here. I think we all want to, you know, enjoy the time we have with our kids when they're young. And I think that's very brave of you to step away from that to, you know, to know yourself and know what you want out of life and to really chase after that. Mm-hmm. One thing that comes to mind is like someone told me when I had kids, like, you only have 18 summers and not all of them are equal. And I always remind myself of that. And then also at the end of the day, we're all going to die, right? Mm -hmm. And who's going to remember us the most are our kids. They're Mm going to be our legacy. They're going to be like telling our stories, thinking about us. Because like, let's Mm -hmm. think about this. Michael Jackson, he's like amazing. Are we still talking about Michael Jackson? He's changed generations, right? Mm -hmm. Barely anyone talks about him. So when you really think about it, it's your kids and they're not going to be like, oh yeah. So my mom had this great company and she was never around. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know who says um, the book Shoe Dog by, he's a founder of Nike. Great, great book. Oh. But there's one where he says, and it's like his son, he wishes he could have spent more time with his son. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that book. I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> Such a great book. It really goes into like this whole entrepreneurship, the risk he did, everything. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of successful people, especially men, I think it hits home for men is that, you know, they work so, 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 so hard. And then later in life, they look back and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I accomplished all of this, but did I spend a lot of time with my family and my kids? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. And I think now women are approaching that role and wondering, like, you almost have to be like, since there isn't any kind of role model out there, you want to be that trail brick blazer. You want to be that person who creates it. And sometimes when we don't see something, we're like, oh, it's not possible. So we're like, we don't want to grow our business too much because that means we won't have time with our friends. Yeah. Or uh-huh. and, such. and so we have to challenge that. And how uh-huh. do we make this possible? And we can only make this possible really by leveraging your community and really focusing them in on your priorities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That reminds me. One thing I did want to go back and touch on was when you said like you took that two week vacation to go to Peru and you were like, okay, well, you know, anything that these, that my team messes up, I can go back and fix. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that- yes, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But that mental, like I'm kind of in that season right now of finding the, um, what is it? The courage or whatever to let go and not be so hands-on. Like it scares me to death because it's like, I built this little, like my business is my baby. It's like, I built this little baby and to put it in the hands of other people scares the bejesus out of me. And so, um, Can you talk a little bit about that and like that mindset shift and kind of, I guess for anybody that's in this season, in that headspace, like what advice do you have for them? Oh, tons. First, you've got to change the mindset and it's a really hard one. Yeah. 
let's assume that your hourly, I don't know, was like $50 an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Basically paying yourself 100K working eight hours. Now, would you be doing all those things or could you pay someone $4 an hour to do some of these admin work? And this was the coolest thing I've seen. I forgot where I saw this from, but like if I said, do your ABCs, you would be like, you could probably get this done in less than you know, 10 seconds in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then now count to 30, less than, you know, really quickly, less than 15 seconds. But if I said, and now just try this out just for like a second. If I said, now do A1, B2, C3, oh, test it out and see how fast it would be for you. Oh God, it would take me a while. I'm sitting here like as you were saying it and I'm like, <laughs> it'd take me a while. <laughs> The one thing that we kind of like, at least for me, I pride myself. I'm so good at multitasking, uh-huh. right? Yeah, I am yeah. so good at doing this, this, like, oh, this whole like switching is a bunch of BS. But when I did that exercise, I was like, yeah. that would take me about five minutes or more. And yeah. I realized I've been saying that to myself, but really yeah. all these tasks isn't helping me kind of go into my zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes certain tasks drain me, even if it takes me 10 minutes, it actually, the cost of it was two hours back. Like every other thing was like draining after. So for example, bookkeeping, outsource that immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was like, I did it on myself. And then I was just like, oh, this is everything else. I was like, I'm done. Like I yeah. can't write marketing copy, anything. I'm like, oof. So Based on that, you start seeing what activities really drain you, right? So start delegating those because mm-hmm. yeah. later and then start saying, what, what is stuff that you really want to do? And also, I'm not saying that they're going to, they're never going to do it hundred percent like you. Never. Right. Right. But if you have the right system, you have 80% done, 80% done is better than nothing yeah. or you taking the time. Mm, right. Yeah. And that so is true. a big shift. So yeah. then the more you think of your constraints, because another thing that people think is like, they don't think about all the tasks that they're not doing that can move their business forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're doing all these other tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then you have this whole list of things. Yeah. So now, so now we've covered multitasking, tasks that drain you, tasks that you're not getting to, right? And mm-hmm. then that like, even if it's 80% done, that like, it's kind of like writing. When you look at a, uh-huh. like a blank sheet, it's so hard to come from a blank sheet, right? And write. But if you already have most of it done, then it's like, oh, this is kind of easy. Let's do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if something happens, especially for mothers, oh, every mother should have somebody, their right hand. And it's so cheap to get somebody. You can go to the Philippines, $4 an hour, $5, $6, you know what I mean? And two questions that always come up is, one, do I have enough tasks to fill it? And can I afford them every single month? Uh Right? And so we have this thing where I can provide you guys a recording of the workshop to send to you, to your members. But we have a thing where we walk through what are the tasks that you can delegate immediately and what are tasks mm-hmm. that can help you generate revenue that you can delegate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. Yes, I'd love to send us that link. <laughs> but you see all of it and then it's just, it's a simple, it's not simple. Let me hold that back. It is a hard <laughs> mindset 
to change. Mm-hmm. But once you do, you're like, why didn't I do this earlier? Right. Because if yeah. an emergency happens, you have to drop everything. And then it's kind of like the bus factor. If you get, and this is a little bit morbid, but if anything happened to you, got hit by a bus or something like that, could your business provide for your family? Could it continue on? Mm-hmm. And most people, that would be a no. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. I know mm-hmm. I actually had a another podcast manager, which I, I know of her, but she reached out to me about a month ago and she was like, oh, I forget what she said, but she was like, basically... I'm putting steps into place with my lawyer for if something does happen to me, like a death, would you be interested in taking over my company? And I'm like, like, that's the first time I've ever, A, Mm -hmm. even thought about that from like a business owner perspective and B, like that. I don't know. it, It made me think a lot. And I was like, oh my gosh that's something maybe I should think of. And like, I th- that's very smart of her to even be planning for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's stuff it's you don't even smart. think about. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Owners Up, your company right now, kind of what it is you do and kind of how you got started with it. Yes. Oh, I, we were talking about this earlier then. Basically what it is, here I was, I was training for the Boston Marathon. And all of a sudden, I was like, it was kind of like this weird aha moment. I was like, wow, I don't have this for my business. And what I mean by that is I don't have peers that I can bounce ideas off of who are going for the same goal. Mm -hmm. I don't have a coach who's like course correcting me, who's kind of like helping me move forward. And I don't have a place where I'm like literally being held accountable to these actions that I say I'm going to do my own word. So, and also doing the self-awareness where I'm like writing down like, hey, in, in running, basically what happens is you write down how you felt that day, you know, what did you eat? What is the distance? What's the speed? And then you kind of look at these patterns to see if you're going to hit your marathon time you know, the intervals and all that and how you can get there better, right? And so, oh, I wasn't doing this in my business, but here I am doing it for my fitness. So I looked everywhere and I was like, where can I find this? And I couldn't find it. So then I built it. And like a lot of people in these, um, they say communities. So you end up going to these big communities and then you have somebody kind of telling you, you know, the course leader or the program leader, but from there, it's kind of like knowledge is great, but if you're not taking action and you're not taking it consistently, consistently is key, mm-hmm. right? Because like, sure, I know what to do to Boston, run a Boston marathon, but like, if I was just running once every like two or three days, I'm not going to get mm-hmm. where I need to be. Right. Yeah. And so that's what entrepreneurs is doing. We're kind of like shiny object here, shiny object there, but we're not doing the key things consistently that is going to move our business forward. Mm-hmm. And so Owners Up was built, and I am really, really big about groups, small groups, three to five people. Oh, because I love that. That's how literally, like, from I had everything I've ever done to defy the odds that were really stacked against me, I've only succeeded because I had a group of people who believed in me, who kind of pushed me forward when I had doubts. And it went from you know, starting a business to literally having kids because mm-hmm. I had less than a 7% chance 
of having one kid. I was going through IVF and I chose IVF. If people don't know, it's like, um, how do you say it? Like non-science. I actually don't know what the acronym stands for. Isn't it uh, in vitro fertilization? Yes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had kids later on in life and I have a rare disease called osteogenesis imperfecta, which is brittle bones. Mm -hmm. And my severity isn't as bad as like some other people I know. Like I've only broken two bones, but like my bones aren't as strong as others. Right. And so I didn't want my child to have that. So we also took to the testing. So imagine here I am trying to have kids and doing this IVF thing at 38. Half your eggs are pretty much done, supposedly. And then the other practically half is they have the OI gene. Wow. Mm. And so after all that, that was the first time I couldn't work harder. I couldn't do more. That was the first time in my life. I just had to say, these are the things I'm committing to. And then surrender. Mm-hmm. And then a group of people kind of like helping me understand that, like you're doing everything you can, surrender, do breathing, do like meditation, all of that. So I have two kids. I'm super happy, very fortunate. And but I'm really into the power of three to five people. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Especially like how you mention courses. Say, for instance, like I started my business and I took a course to help me get started. And I mean, you know, she provides you with the course, but then you also get access to her Facebook group where you can go in and communicate with people, ask questions. But that community, I mean, it's now massive, thousands and thousands and thousands. And you can go in there and yes, you can ask a question and form relationships with people, but it can also be very overwhelming to where if you're reading, it could be like, oh my gosh, she's doing this. She's doing this. Like, what do Mm -hmm. I do? And I could see like where that three to five is just so much better because it's Mm -hmm. just, yeah, you're, it's not so much noise in the background. And also you have to be one of those people who are willing to ask questions, right? Sometimes like you're having imposter syndrome and you're just like, oh, I don't want to ask that question. Mm -hmm. No one's going to relate or associate. So in reality, only 10% of those people, less than that are the ones asking the questions. And wow. everyone is observers. Yeah. So then how do you move forward? How do uh-huh. you get consistent? So you actually have to have the willpower to actually be consistent beyond the belief systems that are happening in your head. Every entrepreneur has self-doubt, imposter syndrome, perfectionist, over-analysis, all of that. Uh-huh. And now you have to do this on your own. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very. I know. And Amanda and I have talked about this before, like, but just having community of people that are in the same like season of life. Mm -hmm. And I know her and I, when we get on here and just like record our episodes and we touch on, you know, the stress or hardships that we're doing in our business, just being able to verbally like, you know, these bits of social media, like, yes, you can get on and comment and build these online relationships. But I think to be able to verbally communicate. I mean, it just, I mean, I know today we recorded our, another episode before we started chatting with you and it's like, I just ended the conversation and it's almost like a little weight just kind of goes off. It's like, you just, you're not alone. Like, you know, somebody else is experiencing what you're going through. 
And so I could just see how that tiny little group is just so beneficial just for that purpose alone of just that. Yeah. Just that being able to, like after a while, you're like, oh, my friends don't understand. My yeah. family's really tired of hearing it. So mm-hmm. where do I go? And you have all this pressure. And yeah. who can you talk to? Now, it's great to add someone to talk to, but now what's the next level to make sure yes. you get out of it and be consistent? Now, the hard part about having friends that are entrepreneurs is sometimes it's really hard to hold someone accountable. Like you're like, oh, I totally understand you're going through this. You know, like, no, 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 let's not do this. Or you give them like, they're off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the hard part. But I, I think, yes, having a community is super important and then having it in a small group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have, for your mindset of all, like, I just, I, you are a go-getter from mm-hmm. all of these businesses running the marathon. I mean, just continuously taking action and accomplishing your goals. Have you always been like that? Or is there something that pushed you to just kind of like go full force? I didn't realize this. And I'm going to be writing a book soon about this. Is Ooh. that my mom was a single mom. She raised four of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. She's an immigrant. She had one. We both had two people in out of the four had osteogenesis and perfecta. And one was a wheelchair user, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is her navigating that. Like, I can't even imagine. I have two kids who are healthy. I can't imagine it. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. but what she did is she actually had us with a growth mindset. And she was all kind of like my, my group. Or my family was my group. My older sister was my encourager, my cheerleader. Every time I was like, I can't do this. She, they're like, they give me a pep talk. They put me in action and I was back at it. And yeah. even like I remember in college, I was like, I don't know. Everyone's super smart. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Doubting my own ability. They're like, no, you belong here. Da, da, da. So always giving me that step to move forward. Uh-huh. So I can do this on my own. Never. Uh-huh. Everything from running like I said, I joined other people. So then they could remind me, just show up, be consistent. And I was able to see some runners who were okay. And then they were so consistent. And then they started doing amazing. So mm-hmm. also observing that journey. Mm-hmm. So I think it's literally, there's two keys to it. One, and b- wait, before I go there, I think we all assume that we have a group of people that are supportive and they are, but sometimes they project their own fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So don't start your business. You need steady income. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know about that. So they're having you play small, not because they mean to, they're just protecting you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing wrong about that. Or maybe you're involved in a religious group or something like that. And you're you're scared to open because you're scared that you won't belong afterwards or they reject you or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So then that's why it's important to create a foundation, a success team that's actually going to support you and move forward because we are going to stumble. We're all going to have thoughts about like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And then how do you get held accountable to that? So I think one thing is having a group that really sees you as your highest level. Like they are like, you're a kick butt, look, no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the second is really having somebody who's going to hold you accountable because they're like, I only see you as that. Sure. This happened to me. Sure. You're going to have a doubt, but let's get you back to where you're supposed to be. You are in the impact you're going to make. Uh-huh. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. So tell us about a time where you maybe, you know, went through something challenging with your business and kind of like what you did to overcome that situation. 
Yeah, there's so many. Because <laughs> um, it's always like that. Anyone who says that they had a like a hockey stick, you know what I mean? Like from all of a yeah. sudden, amazing. Like, no, there's always, uh-uh. a, no matter how big your company is, there's always a freaking challenge. So for me, anytime, like I said, anytime I have, you know, I learned from the beginning not to get advice from people I don't know who are not doing it. What that means is like, if you're not an entrepreneur, it's hard to give me advice, right? Uh Unless you're doing that and advising entrepreneurs, like maybe you're a lawyer who advises entrepreneurs, because sometimes some of your, the role models you're building, like, I remember I had a mentor who was running like um, a nine figure business. So when I would ask advice, he couldn't give me it. It was too tactical. And that he had a uh-huh. whole huge department to do that. Yes. He's more like strategy and vision. Uh-huh. So you want somebody who's kind of involved, knows what's going on, can give you the strategy, and then others who are actually there doing the tactics so you can learn from it. So my go-to now, anytime I have something, anytime I have a doubt, first, like you said, release it. Have someone where you can vent it so uh-huh. it doesn't stayed in your head and you kind of like don't take action. Inaction is the worst thing you can do. You're, it's better to move in a wrong direction than stay still. Uh-huh. I didn't answer because there's so many, but I, I just said the solution of how I went oh, about yes. No, that's <laughs> a good that's one. That's perfect. That's yeah. perfect. I want to touch on the focus multiplier. So I know that this is a concept that you coach, correct? So can you give us some detail on that and like what it is, how it could help our listeners. So it's a three-minute habit. Super simple. And when you do it, the awareness and the focus on where you're spending your time and what matters is phenomenal. But the trick is to do it consistently. So R stands for review. So actually write down what you accomplished that day. Because some of the days we actually are kind of like, whoa, what a day. What the heck did accomplish, right? Yeah. And then we write it down. We're like, shoot, that was a lot. Uh-huh. Or there's days we're like, man, I'm so drained. And then you write down what you wrote and then you realize, oh, these are tasks that drain me. I need to delegate this immediately. Uh-huh. So it's bringing you awareness without anyone telling you, you kind of gauging yourself, right? And then A is assessing your day. So rank it one to five. Like, was this an awesome day? This was an awesome day. Like, how do I reverse engineer it so I can have that day more often? And you'll start uh-huh. seeing patterns. You'll start seeing like, oh, wow. When I said five, it's because, I don't know, maybe I was on an amazing podcast or maybe it was this, right? And then you kind of like, how can I create that? Uh-huh. And then P, you write down, it's prioritization. And then you write down the three things that when you have like that one and a half hour, like that 90 minute deep work, what are you going to accomplish? Because constraints are your best friend. Don't think you have a whole day. If you had 90 minutes, because as a mom, things can happen, right? You can get a call from from the school says they have an ear infection, right? That changes your whole day. Uh Uh So you have to focus in like, what can I get done in 90 minutes? That's really going to move my business. Uh So you can see how this whole three-minute exercise can set you up. Because now it tells you, okay, how do I leverage my time? How do I know when I have that time, I'm ready to go? And how can I make it where I'm so stoked to be in my business? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I use, are you familiar with time blocking? Yes. I, I use time blocking. Um, It's kind of 
your like 90 minute block made me think of that. But I know like when I first started my business, it was kind of just like, I thought about that full day and it's like, I never, I mean, I got stuff done, but it's not like I was fully productive because, you know, something would come up. I always say I have squirrel brain to where I'm like, oh, I see this. I do this. I see this. I do this. But then when I found the concept of time blocking, it's like I block everything and it's, I'm so much more productive um, when you're just, I think when you're just so intentional with mm-hmm. your time. That's yeah. The yep. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I love that three-step process. Yeah, I put in everything. So like if a friend wants to hang out with me, I'm like, I send them calendar invite. They're like, whoa, <laughs> I, hate, I have it. Yeah. And yeah. Like a fun parent hack, create an email address so that anybody, whoever is your partner or like any person that's your emergency contact has that and has access to that. So when you sign up, you sign up with that email address, you use that calendar, and then everybody's on point. You're not that person who's like forwarding, reminding people. Oh, I love um, that. Yes. It's a hard one for me because I was like, wait, I'm signing up for my email address. Then I'm going, forwarding it to my husband, forwarding it to like uh-huh. people that like need to know. And I was just like, wait a minute, this could be easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good little tip. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, so like the focus multiplier, like those three things. So obviously it's, works fantastically for business, but do you find that you or your, like the people that you coach use it just for personal life as well? I would say they use it in uh, the personal too, because you're wrapping up your day. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. What are like, what are some of those moments? Yeah. The top three priorities. um, I actually, I have set time for like, my kids are always a priority. So the weekends are just Mm -hmm. not. Right. And then when I pick them up from daycare, I am super present with them. Like that's it until bedtime. And Uh then because I'm just being like, it might not be, I might not have a whole day with them, but I'm going to be really intentional that they know I'm present with them. Uh Do you turn off your phone? Like I know me, I've had to, I don't turn it off, but I silence it. Um, I have to. And it's like, I have my phone now, like during the night, or it's like from bedtime to morning. And then from the time I pick my son up to the time he goes to bed, I have my phone on silence mode. Otherwise it's like, I hear that ding and I'm like, distraction. Yeah. Same yeah. here. The only way I have is, um, I like how the iPhone allows you to have emergency numbers. Yes. So like uh-huh. other people uh-huh. get through. So that helps out. Mm-hmm. And um, we have it. One and a half year old. We teach our one and a half year and her three and a half year old that if they see mommy or daddy on the phone, they say, please don't go on the phone. So we did another oh, level of accountability. Uh, <laughs> I love and everybody, that. And everybody said ads and they love you. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was cool. Like that was some good psychology sign. Yes. You know I mean? like, yeah. Because I, I don't want to be like, please don't get off. Please don't be on the phone. And mm-hmm. then that added it. So that's our thing. We're not on it, but we want to remind them. So they never have doubts that when we're with them, we're present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. We have one final question that we mm-hmm. ask everybody, but before we ask that, did you have a question or Tanya, did you have anything that you wanted to discuss that we did not discuss? You know, I think you can achieve anything. And I want to remind everybody that they can, and to look for that support that they can get it. And then also being consistent, being consistent, even when you don't want to just show up, it will happen. Nobody started immediately. Like when you're looking at other people's like, you know, Instagram reels and stuff like that, or where they're at, it's totally different. Last quick story. 
I had two C sections. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Usually like Rough. in really good shape athletically, but now I was like, whoa, this is not the shape. And something about my body, I just there's a certain type like you're feeling. And then I was like, yeah. all right, I'm gonna show up consistently. I'm gonna work out consistently. And I did the app. App doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not you you think I'm disciplined, right? You would assume that oh an app would work for me. <laughs> no, that's not, not consistent. Uh-huh. And then going to the gym, my husband's like had to be like, hey, I'm going to the gym. Why don't you get your workout clothes? Going to the gym, having gym membership, that didn't work out either. Mm-hmm. There was nothing. This is just me. I know I need people. Yeah. So then I signed up for these classes that were like so easy. Like you see, like um just really amazing older warriors that are in their 90s that I'm like I wish I was doing that yeah like, yeah just do this like this is where I'm the level at least I'm there yeah you know? then yeah. I moved to these other classes and then I became consistent but I was like I'm gonna show up I couldn't even hold a plank for like 10 seconds uh-huh. I was like oh, no this is so bad but instead of saying that I'm like I'm just gonna show up show up show up I'm practically back and it's awesome. So yeah. now when people look at me, they don't, they're like, oh, she was athletic. No, don't assume mm. that like I didn't have my journey. And yeah, also, like, yeah. you would think I would know, I, I knew exactly what to do. Once I got to a level of like, oh, I saw consistency because I kept showing up by the way, the scale didn't show it, but I just kept on. And I think that's what <laughs> I, I didn't do it based on the scale, my measurement. I said, yeah showing up. And if I could just lift my kids up without like straining myself, that mm-hmm. was a win. And yeah, then yeah. all I wanted to do was hold a plank for one minute. See, it was simple. And so I had it like, if I could hold it for 30 seconds, oh, great. This consistency is working. Yeah. So I want everybody to remember that like, when you look at someone, they're like, oh yeah, they can bounce back. No, they've been through their own journey. Yeah. Yes. Also, yeah. I do have levels of mindset that I've worked on for years and years of athletic where I could have just never bounced back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if it was, if I didn't have it, let's say this is after the two C sections, I wasn't able to get myself going. I would have created a group around me of mm-hmm. other people who wanted it just as much and reminding them it's not about the look, it's just feeling healthy yeah. for your kids. I want to chase yeah. after my kids. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that I was going to say, it's almost, she almost like answered our question without knowing what our last question is. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, and it's so similar to just business or building right. a business in general. Um, I know I'm working on my own health and fitness journey and I've been working with a trainer since August. And again, just having like, you know, I used to work out all the time with my husband before my son was born, but it, now that I'm in like mom mode, it's it's hard to find the time. And mm-hmm. I've done apps. I've done, you know, these online trainers, all this, nothing worked. But this one woman that I've been working with, like, it, she's incredible. And like of what she teaches. And like the other day, it dawned on me. I was like, this journey is so parallel to a business journey, like yeah. the growth, mm-hmm. the consistency showing up every single day and just that mindset shift. It's just, it's so parallel. So. I, th- I think for any listeners, whether, you know, you go to the gym and you lift weights or you're like run marathons, mm-hmm. that journey, you're not going to be a millionaire business owner, ha- you know, have a million dollar business on day two. Yeah. It's that consistency. And making time, right? Because we all have the excuse we don't have time. Time's going to be ticking. You just mm-hmm. got to prioritize it. Like, for example, my mornings don't look up where I'm like, 
oh yeah, I'm gonna take a meditate, take a nice like bath, go to sauna, you know, all of those. Yeah. No, no. My mornings are like, holy crap, my kids, I gotta get them ready. You know what I mean? Let's get them going and then mm-hmm. making breakfast, then getting them out the door, and then my day starts. Yeah. And so need to like go into work. So now I work out at 12 o'clock right now. You see me, I have gym clothes. So yeah. I, can dress up. I dress up with gym clothes because I'm like, all right, I sign up for my class and that is it. And I keep it consistent. Like the only way you can move it around is if I know ahead of time and then I'll just take an earlier class. But that forces me like to be in your sports bra. Yes. You know, be day. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. You are, I love your personality. I know everybody listening can't see your face, but you are just like a ray of sunshine, I feel like. So for anybody that is listening and are interested in learning more about you, working with you, can you tell us where they can find you and connect with you? Yes. You can connect with me on Instagram, Tanya C. Alvarez, and then also our owners up. Um, You can go to LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn profile is Tanya Owners Up, I believe. <laughs> or you okay. can find, and then our site Owners Up, and I'm sure you're going to put the the link for the wrap in there. Yes, yes, which will give you more details and how to go about it and the science behind it. Awesome, perfect. Well, it has been a joy chatting with you today, and I've learned so much myself. Yes, so, me too. <laughs> yeah, so I know everybody listening has too. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey and all of your tips. And yeah, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me. Oh, so thank much fun. you. Of course. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our mommy show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. See you in two weeks. Have a good day.